Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who was born down in a dead man's town, and the first kick he took was when he hit the ground. Here's my co-host from the left coast and the man who was born in the USA and was born to run. Here's Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean... So for this episode, we have a very special guest. Her new album, her third record, is entitled Mint Condition. It was just released on Rounder Records on May 3rd. You might know her from her heavily listened to song on Spotify, All the Beds I've Made. 9.7 million listens on Spotify, to, to, to be specific. So please welcome to the podcast the very talented Caroline Spence. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each of our podcasts, we ask the all important question. So Caroline, what t-shirt are you wearing? For this special occasion, I wanted to be extra comfy, you know, so I could be, you know, comfortable and tell, talk about my favorite album in peace. And so I wore my favorite shirt by one of my best friends. Her name is Elise Davis. It's like a, woman, a women's cut t-shirt. You don't get a lot of those. And she drew, um, it's like this really cool illustration that she drew herself. And I wear it all the time. And Elise was in your video, if I remember correctly. Huh? Yeah, she I was, she absolutely. Yeah, she was in my, my video for my song, Softball. Excellent. So, uh, Wayne, how about you? What T-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing the shirt I got last Tuesday at the John Mellencamp show in Portland. It's the Other People's Stuff tour. Excellent. How was John? He was in fine form. It was a great show. He, I mean, he gave, gave the people what they wanted. I mean, he did a Jack and Diane with just him and an acoustic guitar. Ooh, um, and then, of course, he nice. did... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was an older crowd. I bet we were. It was like the average age had to be forty-five, and we were all singing "Authority" song and "Crumbling Down" and "Pink Houses." It was, it was a good time. I'm sure you were singing "Authority" song at the top of your lungs. Oh, that's right, just pumping my fists. Yep, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, so I thought about wearing uh, one of my new shirts that uh, actually my good friend Wayne bought for me, but. I'm deciding to, to 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 switch that up. We'll save that for another episode. So I'm wearing my Simply Three t-shirt. If you remember from one of our earlier episodes, Nick from Simply Three came on and they were just in Orlando. And if you recall from that episode, Wayne, I, I told him that he needed to play um, Muse's Madness and he accommodated my request and even called me out during during the uh, concert. And said, uh, Ben Montgomery, this one's for you. Nice. Yeah, so I got a little call out during a concert. I'm all fanboy now. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into this. So, Caroline, you, you, you live in Nashville now. So where are you originally from? I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, and I saw that you had posted a video not too long ago on your Facebook page of you as a little girl singing. And I noticed there was a <laughs> piano and a guitar in the background. So I have to assume uh-huh. that music was a part of growing up. Is that accurate? Yes, definitely. And that was really fun to uncover, uncover that particular video because I was like three years old and I, 
I have memories from when I was like five and six and seven, kind of doing stuff with my family and particularly my grandfather. I just, he, he always made it so fun to, you know, sing along to him playing guitar. But that was when I was like three years old. So it was really cool to see that thing that I don't even remember how early uh, I was kind of exposed to that stuff. That was really awesome. And it's a good, it's a, it, go to my Facebook page. It's a pretty good laugh. I'm very bossy for a three-year-old too. <laughs> uh, so, so did you start on piano or start on guitar? I started on piano. They tried to, I was a little bit of a stubborn kid and um, I didn't really like to practice. So the piano thing didn't last very long. Um, I picked up guitar when I was about 13 or 14. Uh, and that was kind of the one that stuck because I was always really into writing songs and that was sort of the right vehicle for that. I, I was just going to ask the next question of, do you write your songs on piano or do you write it on guitar? I think you just answered You would it. not want to hear, <laughs> yeah. You would never want to hear me write a song on piano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so let's go back to my comment about the uh, all the beds I've made. So 9.7 mm -hmm. million listens. So how did that happen? Well, it got on one of those uh, Spotify playlists that the That's kids are it. listening to these days. It was the Your Favorite Coffee House playlist. Okay. And yeah, it's been on there for, I think it's almost a year or longer. And it's it's really crazy. And I, you know, say what you will about the digital streaming side of things, but there's always people that show up to shows of mine because they've discovered me through a playlist or some sort of algorithm playlist. So it's really cool. It's really cool to have that as a kind of tool for exposure. Yeah. And so those 9.7 million listens equates to what, about a buck and some change of royalties for you? Yeah. I've bought like two almond milk lattes. So it's been a big year. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're hopefully yeah. we'll 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 change a little bit of that. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully with this new record with Rounder, that uh, you know there'll 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 be some promotion and uh, maybe you'll get on a couple more Spotify playlists uh, along the way as mm -hmm. well. So we got a, a an advanced copy of the record. I know it uh, by the time this this comes out next week. Um, you will have already launched your your album, and it'll be out there into the uh, into the world. Um, so I really liked a number of the songs on it, and I know that there were a few that you had already released. I really like "Sit Here and Love Me," and I read your notes about the song. It's about dealing with depression and anxiety. You know, something that Wayne, I think you and I can uh, can relate to to a certain extent, right? <laughs> Yeah, to a large extent, yes. And, and those those <laughs> those are topics that aren't always easily expressible. So, uh, I guess what was what was the process of writing that particular song? Because <clears throat> I feel like that that really captures when I'm in the dark place, where it's like I don't to 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 quoting your song. I don't need you to solve my problems. I just need you to to understand that I'm here in that place mm -hmm. and I just want you to to understand what I'm going through and just you know work with me through this. Yeah, so the I mean the really the process of that song was I had sort of had this miscommunication, not even an argument, just miscommunication or with my sweetheart, my 
long-term boyfriend um, kind of about this issue like a few times where I just felt like I wasn't explaining myself in a way where either of us like really walked away feeling good and I just couldn't articulate what I was feeling and what I needed from him um, and honestly writing the song was how I figured out how to talk to him about it so I honestly like in our in the course of our relationship like I don't really play him songs like he'll hear them when they're like I'll let him listen to the mixes or whatever when I'm making a record but that was a song where I ended up like coming in to our bedroom one night and I was like I need to play you something like this is totally what I've been trying to say for the last couple weeks and it was just yeah it was sort of a like I didn't know how I was feeling about it until it sort of stumbled out in this song so it really like I don't think I've ever written something that is as personal just in telling my story but also personal to me in that the song really helped me in my life figure out what I was feeling about it so yeah if you can see me I'm still someone you know please recognize my shadow this is the same place where I a fantastic song and i'm not pandering thank you (laughs) thank you and there were a couple other songs that i that i really really dug and you and you tackle a few other heady subjects besides you know the whole depression and anxiety i feel like uh sometimes a woman is in is an island is a little similar Mm -hmm. to to your song softball from your from your previous record about trying to be a, a a woman in the music industry and if you you all haven't seen the video for softball so caroline you uh you brought in some some heavy hitters to help you with uh <laughs> with with that yeah. video including uh the, one of the gals that uh that wayne and i are absolutely in love with which is lily hyatt oh i oh, yeah. love lily she is i mean she's basically one of my favorite bands <laughs> i listen to her all the time just as a fan and it's it's been really cool to you know have her in my my group of of good gal pals too she rules yeah trinity lane was probably my most played album of 2018 yeah yeah absolutely not exaggerating on that so (laughs) so hopefully hopefully you will send this over to lily so she knows that i really want her on the (laughs) podcast as well awesome awesome this is just just one big audition for lily i got it i got it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm absolutely. cool with it. Yeah, it's great. Don't be nervous. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so, well, and, so, and I watched the video. I was just going to say about the video. I saw, you know, all these faces, and I'm not familiar with any of them. So I'm glad you listed them all at the end because I checked okay, out three yeah. or four of them. Yeah, Becky Warren is someone in that video who Becky actually sang harmony on a couple songs on this new record. 
I think Erin Ray was out on tour and couldn't get her act together for that video, but I'm wearing her t-shirt in it, and she sang on the Sometimes Woman is an Island uh, song that you just mentioned. And Becky does the harmony on my favorite song uh, on the uh, record, Who's Gonna Make My Mistakes. She does do it on that. That's Honestly, I think that might be my favorite song, too. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> you know, I get so sick of... I mean, I feel like a record's not done until I can hardly stand the sound of it. That's sort of my process. <laughs> I can tell it's done when it's like nails on a chalkboard to listen to the mix one more time. That's just <laughs> me. But that's the one song where I was still could kind of found myself bopping my head along to it. I was like, I think this one might be good. <laughs> it is good. is so when you tour you're typically going out there by yourself correct flying solo um not always a lot a lot of my time in the, on the road has been solo but not always um i definitely know what that's like though for sure <laughs> so this upcoming tour that you're doing band or solo band awesome and in okay. the van yeah okay. i'm excited because okay. i was just going to say how do you integrate something like the harmonies for for that who's going to make my mistakes or you know the energy of what you don't know or or you know any of those backgrounds that uh, that you have on the record so cool well i've uh, yeah it'll be really fun i've got a you know a good group of guys that fortunately sing and play so it'll be really really fun to take these on the road people that you've played with for a while then Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a mixed bag of folks, but um, a couple other singer-songwriters in the band, too. And so, it's yeah, it's just been really fun getting uh, getting this ready for the road. Excellent. Wayne, anything that you wanted to ask her before uh, I've got a couple you know, not, last questions? Not a question, I would say. I, I My favorite song was Long Haul. I, I, I definitely awesome. like, uh, you know, out on the road, road-weary songs, but I thought one of the coolest lines ever was... Uh, sold my soul to the one four five i just thought that was the coolest thing i said i don't think people realize how uh much that is a part of popular music i mean almost oh gosh 75 yeah. songs in the world it's, are one four five exactly if that yeah i i love that that almost feels like a little like insider line where i had someone ask me if that was the name of an interstate and where that interstate was and i was like oh <laughs> that's so sweet you know <laughs> But, ever, you know, I remember playing that for the first time at a gig in Nashville, and that was the line where, like, all my musician friends were like, nice. I was like, yeah. So it's not an interstate. It's a core profession. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it's probably 80% of my catalog. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Rolling Stones, too. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the last single that you put out from the record is Wait on the Wine, and that mm -hmm. song is so good um and even before i read the electronic press kit that we got in advance um i said 
that's probably her best vocal performance because <laughs> I, I felt as though you push past kind of your typical range on that. And, and your range yeah. is, is quite expansive, but I felt like you kind of pushed through that to really grab some, some, some just beautiful, fantastic high notes. And that a uh, great, Thank great, you. great song. talk about Bruce Springsteen here in a moment and he likes to um, thinly veil some of these autobiographical type of uh, of uh, content in his songs <laughs> is is uh -huh. there some is there some 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 story behind this or was th these just some really fantastic lyrics that you came up with mm, I'm gonna say both <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, we'll just say, I'll pat myself on the back and say both. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's used a little liquid courage in their life. Um, and it's sort of, honestly, I kind of wrote this song around that phrase, wait on the wine. Um, I don't know when that stumbled in, in my mind. But uh, I, when I thought of that, I was like, oh, I see the story so clearly. And I definitely have stuff from my life that I can bring to this idea and make it feel like a a real moment um and and yeah i've i really i i wrote that song to write that song to write that title and um it's been with me a little bit longer than the majority of of these songs on this record but i think when i wrote that song i probably couldn't sing it like the way i did on this record so i really it's been kind of a cool lesson in in timing with with songs and records so it's been a fun one to sing live that's for sure you need to uh put some florida dates on on your tour so all right um all right so you picked bruce springsteen's tunnel love to be your sure record to revisit so of all <laughs> the boss records how come this one well as much as I love the E Street Band, I really love a solo Bruce project. And um, this was sort of when I was deep diving into his catalog. This was one of the first ones where, like, I somehow in my life, I had never heard Tougher Than the Rest. And when I heard that song, I mean, I'm, spoiler alert, this was my number one in our ranking. But it just rocked my world. And, um, I just, it was an album, once I'd heard it once, I just was like living inside of it for like a month. And I really think it's some of his strongest storytelling and songwriting. Um, and I think just a few of my favorite songs of his entire catalog are on here. And so that's kind of why I wanted, to, I, it's, I say it's one of my favorite Bruce records just because it has quite a few of my favorite songs. Well, I, this, this is probably my second favorite. Wayne, how about, how about you? What's, nice. uh. What's what's your what's your favorites here? Um, Born to Run, Born in the USA. Yep. Um, 
Uh, I like uh, the wild. The gosh, why am I drawing a blank? The wild. Uh, wild the innocent. Yeah, and yeah, wild yeah, street shuffle. Mm -hmm. Um, and the river. I mean, yeah. The, I, I yep. don't know that there's any Bruce Springsteen albums that I don't like. I kind of got out of him for a while when he. Um, I don't know, around the rising and the ghost of Tom. Yeah. Joe, yeah. But, uh, um, I kind of brought me back with the Seeger sessions. I really like the stuff off that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, his early stuff up, I mean, this album, I think got underappreciated because it just, it just came mm -hmm. after born in the USA, which was, I mean, is literally one of the best selling records of all time. And I mean, he must have it felt like he toured forever and there was always a new single. I mean, I think he released, seven or eight singles off that record so yeah. it was and this uh, one i feel like didn't age as gracefully because it definitely sounds like there's some songs where it sounds like it was made in 1987 whereas you know the river sort of has has aged a little more gracefully and so i think people are there are moments on this album that have like that turn people off but when you kind of take away some of the synthesizers it's like just the songwriting is so good, in my opinion. Yeah, and yeah. I thought the synthesizers were completely ill-timed when they did come <laughs> in. But I think also one of yeah, the, this is an extremely personal album. I mean, you can, you can, yeah. If you, I mean, knowing anything about him, everybody kind of knew what was happening at this time. And he, I mean, he had made a comment when I, I wish I could remember the name of the song, but I was watching Springsteen on Broadway and he was talking about a song that he wrote that was, about something that happened somewhere else, doing something else. And he said, at the time I wrote this song, I hadn't been any further than New York City. And he looked at the, into the camera and he goes, I'm that damn good. And so he is a, <laughs> an amazing songwriter who can, who can almost yeah. like method act it. He can write us, he can put himself in that position and write an amazing song about something he's never done. But these songs are clearly about personal experiences i mean he put some yeah. variances on them but these this is a very personal record you can tell absolutely while i was doing a little research on you and, and watching some of your videos your hotel amarillo um video did you did you realize that you're wearing two different bruce springsteen shirts in that video <laughs> i did when we were editing and I wasn't that surprised. And honestly, I, I'm surprised that I didn't think to wear my Lucky Town shirt. But I, I, it's actually in the laundry. And I know that right now. That's why I'm not wearing it. But yeah, that I was like, well, I'm not that surprised. But it's pretty funny. One of them is, uh, yeah, one's a Lucky Town shirt that I found at a thrift store. And one is uh, like a reprint baseball tee um, that I got on the River Tour when I yeah. saw him a couple years ago. I saw that tour as well. Yep. <laughs> so so good. Um, it's really good. Yeah, drove drove all night. Um, I they they could have done that for like a half hour, and I would have been in love the entire time. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then <clears throat> just one other thing that I I noticed. So you had covered Secret Garden at some point. So I guess yeah. We should, I guess we should have known that you were going to pick something by Bruce. Well, when my manager sent me this podcast and he was like, I was like, ha ha, that sounds dorky and fun. Like I'll probably pick a Springsteen record. Like, ha ha. And then he was like, no, you actually need to pick a record like right now. And I was like, well, I'm going to do some of love because I could talk about that all day. <laughs> perfect. perfect. I'm, yeah. I'm, 
I'm glad he pestered you into the decision right away. So that's, that's good. <laughs> it was a gut. It was like a knee-jerk reaction, and I stand behind it firmly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So before we jump into the record, anything else you want to talk about? This is your chance to promote away. Well, I'll say we're going to be, we, me, um, I'm going to be on tour quite a bit this year. So um, if you're curious in the slightest, I hope you'll come see a show. I really, really love performing live, and I, I got some good stories. <laughs> okay, so you're you're also one of those those uh, singer songwriters that likes to tell the stories between songs. Well, some. I mean, a lot of the between song banter is just banter, and perhaps me laughing at my own jokes or something like that. But <laughs> you know, we put on a good show. We put on a good show. <laughs> Whenever you start talking between songs at a concert, we always call those Bruce Springsteen stories. Well, those go on for like half an hour. I don't have, I haven't lived long enough to have a half hour story, but I got a couple good ones. Good. Oh, there is one last question before we jump into Bruce. And Wayne loves this mm -hmm. question. <laughs> he knows, he knows what's coming. So yep. this, uh, this dates back to uh, many episodes ago. So Caroline, we want your opinion. Toto's okay. Africa. Good or bad song? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, y'all. I don't know. I think it's kind of nonsense. But if it comes on at a wedding, I'll probably dance to it. So I don't know what that means. Is that good or bad? <laughs> it's, a it's a terrible you, song. You just you just joined Wayne's side. I'm putting side. it as a no. Yeah. And 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 that may I I bet if I was looking at Wayne's face right now, he would have this big. Cheshire Cheers. cat yeah. grin right now because because you're the first guest to to really say that's no. not true. Doug Gillard Gillard back he backed out, but he was all talking about punk rock and corporate radio, and then he then he caved at the end. He caved at the end, yeah. but he he did say it's a good song. So I'm 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 chalking that one up on my side of the board. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, like it's a good time. It's a good song for a good time, but I don't think it's a good song. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is well, my favorite guest ever. I, <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell right. Toto I said this. <laughs> All right. I think Steve Lukather is probably never going to listen to any of these episodes. So okay, I think we're good. I think Great. I think we're I think we're okay. Um, all right. So let's jump into Tunnel of Love. This is the eighth studio <laughs> album by Bruce. It was released on October 9, 9th, uh, nineteen eighty seven. So there are a few members of the E Street Band that are on this album. This is a Bruce Springsteen solo record. Hit number one on the Billboard Albums chart. Rolling Stone named this number 25 on their list of 100 best albums of the 80s. So, all right. Um, I, I didn't I didn't do enough research on the Rolling Stone, um, the rest of the Rolling Stone list because the last few episodes. We've pretty much shot lots of holes in the Rolling Stone list, haven't we, Wayne? <laughs> yeah, I do believe that the number one record on that list was London Calling. It better have been. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm I'm positive it was. Okay. All right. Uh, some of the some of the personnel. So we've got uh, Clarence Clemens. He uh, is backing vocals on just one song. No no sax. Uh, Niles Lofgren. He does play guitar solo on Tunnel of Love. Does provide some backing vocals. Patty, of course, is uh, backing vocals on a few few songs. Mm -hmm. Max Max Weinberg, 
He plays some percussion on. Actually, Max is is probably he's probably the the the, the most on this record of any of the E Street Band guys. So he does play drums and percussion on quite a few few of the songs on the record. Why don't we jump into it? So this is first first song. This is called Ain't Got You. I got the fortunes of heaven and diamonds and gold. I got all the bonds, baby, that the bank could hold. Well, I got houses across the country, honey, end to end. And everybody but who wants to be my friend. Well, I got all the riches, baby, and man ever knew. But the only thing I ain't got, honey, I ain't got you. And do you think that Bruce purposely put this as the first track on the record as a way to announce to everyone that this isn't an E Street Band record? Yeah, I've I've had that conversation before. It's sort of like, I think that's exactly right. I also feel like thinking about sequencing, where else would it go? You know, like it's sort of like, it would be super out of place if it wasn't first too. But yeah, I think it's totally like solo Bruce. You couldn't get more solo Bruce in that song. Yeah, I think it was kind of that announcement of, yeah, Clarence is on this, but he ain't playing sax. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to wait for Max Weinberg. Sorry about that. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, what do we got? What do we got on Ain't Got You? Anyone want to provide any other comments other than uh, what I just said of, I think that this is Bruce's way of saying this record's going to be a little different than Born in the USA. Yeah, I like he starts out a cappella and he he kind of rolls into this Bo Diddley thing um, and got the maracas and finger snaps and harmonicas. I, he really it's got a real good blues feel to it. And I just I guess I like the 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 idea that you know I'm Bruce Springsteen and I still can't find love. He's got everything in the world, but he but not 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 the one. And, I, and apparently it's not Julianne Phillips. No. <laughs> do, do, do we feel sorry for him, though, in this song? I wouldn't go that far, but I, I feel his pain. I guess it makes it I guess yeah. I can relate to him a little bit better. But he's still it sort of sets the tone. It sort of sets the tone of the like there are a few songs on here that sound like happy party songs where when you really listen to the lyrics, they're not so peppy at all. And this one's no exception. So it kind of sets the tone in that way too, where you're kind of like bopping along and then you kind of get the picture and you're like, Oh, okay, here we go. Starting to go down that tunnel of love. There you go. Yeah. Apropos. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Why don't we get some scores then? Caroline, what's your score? Hey, so, you know, I've always defended this song when people say it's out of place and stuff. I feel bad a little bit about score that I gave it. Just there's so many songs I like on this record that this one ended up only getting a three. Okay. And how mm -hmm. about you, Wayne? I, 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 I gave it an eight, but I definitely, I know what she's talking about. I mean, all of these songs are good, but they're all, there is he as typical Bruce They're he, they're kind of all over the place. I mean, some of these almost have a country feel to them. And then some, like this one's got a real blues rock, got an old, like I said, Bo Diddley feel to it. But I really like that. Excellent. And I gave it a five. So I think we're right. kind of all over there. All right, let's move on. Here is the second song. This is Tougher Than the Rest. Well, it ain't no secret 
you already said that uh, this was your top song on the record mm-hmm. so um, 12 point. so I got your scoring today and I get to see everyone's scoring before we do this since, <laughs> I'm, since I'm the ringleader of this circus um, I couldn't have been happier because I'm going to spoil this as well this is one of my favorite Bruce songs and absolutely my favorite song on this record. This was actually released as a single outside of the U.S., but if you did listen to AOR stations in the 80s, this definitely got some play as well, and this is the reason why I bought the record was was this particular song. It's so good. It really it's is. It's like, it's quintessential Bruce-style songwriting, and the production, even for the 1987 of it all and the moments on this record like it's just so pure it's so good not only is it probably if not not my favorite Bruce song definitely top five and honestly in the top tier of like all the songs that I love on in the world I love this song so much the first time I heard it I think I listened to it like 30 times in a row I'm not even kidding <laughs> and and there are some really good covers of this song as well Mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming a few of you have heard the Emmy Lou Harris cover of this song, mm-hmm. and it's delightful. And yeah, it's just delightful every time. And Caroline, Emmy Lou is also on your recent record, correct? She she is. She sang harmony on the title track. That's very cool. Uh, what is mm-hmm. it about Emmy Lou covering songs that just transform those songs into? really her her own like one of my all-time covers is her cover of neil young's wrecking ball oh yeah well her voice just does so much to any story that she's telling i heard her well she does a version of racing in the street too yes song and then i saw her play at the ryman a year or two ago and it was uh, she said, I'm going to play a song by one of the greatest country songwriters of all time, Mr. Bruce Springsteen. And she played Mansion on a Hill um, from Nebraska. And it was just so gorgeous. It was so gorgeous. And I really think she just understands storytelling from a vocalist perspective better than anybody else. All right. Maybe we should move on because we could probably spend a whole episode <laughs> just talking about Emmy Lou. We'll have well, you I'll on come a, back on and we can talk yeah. about wrecking her her wrecking ball. That'll her be wrecking, the next record. <laughs> that, that is such a good record. Um, mm-hmm. There are some uh, there are some other covers of this. Uh, so country singer Chris Ledoux had a minor hit with this song back in '95. Uh, his version peaked at like I don't know number 67 or something on the Billboard country chart. Um, Cher actually performed this song during her 1990 Heart of Stone tour. Um, I, I did not have enough courage to go out and try and find the YouTube video of that, 
Um, Wayne, did you did you take a look <laughs> at that at all? No, I can't even imagine how she glammed that up. I don't I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> yeah. And then and then one of my one of my my uh, uh, indie rock uh, obsessions is Camera Obscura. They do a really cool mm. version of this as well. I've heard so, that. That's yeah, great. It's really good. Maybe we should actually talk about Bruce's song instead of everybody <laughs> else covering it. Um, what is it? What is it about the lyrics? Because it, I don't feel like this is really that deep of lyrics, but I think he just kind of lays it out there. He's like, so if you're rough enough for love, honey, I'm tougher than the rest. I mean, it. It doesn't seem like that deep of a line, but then you think about mm-hmm. it and you're like, yeah, give, give me a try. Yeah. It's just such a good line. I feel like that line alone does more work than any other part of the song. You know, like it's like the way, the way that that line hits every single verse, it hits differently and it hits harder. And it's just, to me, in the songwriters, perspective like that to me is just craft the way that that line lands every time and uh i think the other line that gets me is well i don't know baby maybe you've been around too well there's another dance all you got to do is say yes totally yeah so good all right wayne so you already know our scores so what what you got for a score on this I gave it a seven. I have the, the same comments written in my notes, basically. A classic Bruce. Um, there's some production, but I think they laid off enough. It's not Nebraska kind of low mm-hmm. production, but it, but it's still they didn't ruin it. Like I was a couple of songs I felt they got a little got a little too slick. And I love the ending where Danny Federici starts playing that Hammond, and then Bruce starts mm-hmm. uh, on the harmonica to 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 end it out. I mean, it it's a it is a beautiful song. Like I say, I gave it a seven. All right, moving on. Here is the third song. This is uh, All That Heaven Will Allow. To, who wants to get us started on the analysis of this this song? I can, because I really dug this song. <laughs> uh, it's got like this little island feel in it, almost, uh, and a kind of a, I got a like a drifter's kind of feel to it. Um, and I just, it's it's fun. And I love that line about the band when he's, where that verse where he's talking to the bouncer about letting him in. He forgot his wallet. I'll mm-hmm. do anything. <laughs> just, you know, you got to let me in, guy. And I and from looking at the liner notes, I, this that that baseline is Bruce. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Who who knew that he was also a bass guitarist? Ah, very, how very, very cool. <laughs> so he he does say a couple different times in this in this particular song, Mister. Like I yeah. feel like that I feel like that's one of his go to <laughs> go to words. Yeah, uh, I, that to me is kind of what 
it lost some points because it felt a little to me in the scheme of his catalog it was sort of a like oh i see a bunch of like bruce tricks here <laughs> yeah and mister is totally totally one of those yeah yeah, that 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 was me too. I I wonder if anybody has ever put together like a Bruce Springsteen lexicon, and <laughs> and 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 seen how many times he says particular words because I think there's a few other ones. Oh, actually, the yeah. next one, the next one that's going to come up, we'll we'll talk about a word that he uses in that too. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, definitely, Mister is kind of one of his go-to words, and um. You know, Wayne, to your point about the the whole kind of get a little bit of that Motown vibe, I think a little bit to to that. I think part of that is, and it and if you even look at the lyrics, um, where you've got him saying looking and walking and working, um, he he basically shortens that down so it's looking, walking, working. Um, and I kind of feel like that's that's a little bit of that that old old timey feel of maybe not saying all the words all the all the way. Am I overanalyzing this again, Wayne? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's not. I don't think it's that. I don't think it was as super conscious as you're making it out to be. All right. Well, you know, I am I am apt to overanalyze things. So. All right, why don't we get some scores then? So Wayne, I know that uh, you said that this was one of your favorites. So what's uh, yeah? What's... I really like the song. I gave it a ten. I mean, it's got that. I, I just I think it's funny that it ha- you can feel he's very he's he he conveys emotion very well, and he wants to feel like that about somebody. And so I'm guessing he maybe he does. <laughs> yeah. All right, I gave this a six. And uh, Caroline, how how about you? You know, I don't hate any songs on this record, but I gave this a four. It just, you know, I just love other ones more. There's actually a really, the Mavericks do a cover of this song that I feel like it makes me, I like their version a lot more in a way. It feel, You feel a little bit more of that Motown kind of groove that you were talking about. Okay. So just I, didn't do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I have not heard that version. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. that's a, okay, that's a to-do list. All right. Moving on, here is a uh, spare part. Sometimes my whole life feels like one big mistake. She settled in in a back room, time passed on. Later that winter, the sun comes along. Step off and broken heart. Keep the world turning So I talked about the whole Mr. Word. So anyone have a count how many times Bobby has been used by Bruce? In his Bobby career? and Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's no Maria used by the Counting Crows in their catalog, but it's it's right up there, I think. Yeah. Someone should write just like a long biography of Johnny and Bobby for in Bruce's songs. I would read that. They've been up to a lot. I think it's called East of Eden. <laughs> I, th- I think it's already my favorite book. <laughs> uh, I think it's already been written. It, it and if it's yeah. not that, it's uh, some other John Steinbeck book. There you um, go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, all right. Any anyone want to do over analysis on on this particular song other than 
my notes here say this is a song that would have been better if the E Street Band would have been all over it. That's a smart <laughs> read. I agree. I I agree with that. I think so. I didn't, you know, I I didn't rank it highly. So I I would be open to seeing what improvements could be made with the E Street Band full on. Yeah. So so Wayne, I think you like this a little more than 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 we did. What uh, what 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 got you a higher score? That, I like that that acoustic guitar, electric guitar, kind of uh, almost like a Steve Earle thing going on that's kind of constantly mm. going on through the background. And I do like the the chorus, the spare parts, broken hearts, keep the world turning. And then at the end, she takes the wedding dress and the wedding ring that she that she never used and sells them to get money for her kid. Like she made, she took these th- these spare parts, these things that weren't needed, and she and her broken heart, and she turned it into something. Um, to mm-hmm. keep her her family going. So I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm sure he's never been in that situation, but I, yet he was able to put me in that situation. And uh, there was just, and like I say, I think they once again, they Danny Feder Federici comes in with the organ in a in a in a good spot, and and kind of builds it up a little bit. But I, I just like I say, I think he really it just really spoke to me. And I like some of the visuals, like when she's she's trying to cross the river, holding her son over her head. It's got some good stuff in there. Yeah. You mentioned Steve Earl. I think that this song could have used another Steve on it, if you know what mm. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get some scores. So, Wayne? I gave it a nine. Okay. And Caroline? I gave it a two. And really, it's the production for me. It's not a bad song. It's just I, I don't enjoy listening to this one as much as others. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, I gave it a three, and again, I just feel like uh, if this would have been, if this would have been a Born in the USA song with the full band, I bet this would have been something special. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just by itself, I it was okay. All right, moving on. This is Cautious Man. was never clear Commandant Summer he took his young lover for his bride with his own hands built her a great house down by the riverside Guys, I just gotta say, this was so hard to do. It was like <laughs> ranking old friends. It was really, really tough and really fun. But I just got to say, this is tough. I don't know how you do this every week. <laughs> it, uh, it, would, it would not be an episode without our guests saying that. Yeah. <laughs> is that the thing? Okay, good. Then oh, I did my job. No, you, did, you, you, you absolutely did your job. Because it is. It's tough. On, on these albums that we, we've grown up with and we love and um, cherish, and now you're you're having to play favorites and say, no, this is my favorite song. No, I think this is my favorite song. Yeah, it's one thing to say it's your favorite, and it's another thing to, like, rank it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, sometimes I, this next song, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll lead off with this next song. I I love this song. I It feels so kind of, you know, it's already a bare bare bones production and it definitely is more in the Nebraska lane of of kind of his 
branch of songwriting and in the production, but I just love this song. I feel like where it is in the sequence, like it really grounds, it kind of grounds the record in this moment and, and really directs the rest of the record. And I just think it's beautiful, Bruce storytelling. And um, yeah, just the image of the, the tattoos on, on his hands. And yeah, I just really, I really love this song. So, we're talking about that one. Yeah. So do we think that Bill Horton is really Bruce Springsteen or, or do you think that he really is putting on the, the, the author songwriter type hat for this? I think, I mean, I think it's both. I don't think that he could tell this story if there wasn't, if he couldn't tell this story so successfully. Um, yeah. I think without, an ounce of that um you know we were just talking about which song was it where it was like yeah I don't know if like Bobby actually did that and I'm like I feel like Billy <laughs> Billy actually did this you know right. um yeah so so as a songwriter when do you when do you just lay out all the cards on the table and admit that the song is about you as opposed to kind of telling the story within the song using using a different character for instance i mean yeah yeah i don't know i think this just feels like this is just kind of a thing he does he likes his characters and i think he likes that like folk music element feels like an arm he flexes when he doesn't have to be in the e street band a little bit um but I don't know. I mean, I don't think that Bruce would ever say that this wasn't about him, you know, or I don't think a songwriter could say that this has nothing to do with an experience I've had because it's just, it's a very human song and I don't think he could really deny it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and country artists seem to know how to do that narrative better than I think any other genre. Mm -hmm. uh, can we all agree on that? Some of yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, some of them, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> more, you know, this sort of song is, is that genre to a T. And yeah, Bruce is, like Emily said, Bruce is a great country and folk songwriter, really. So this is a good example of that. Very good example of that, yep. So I, I will I will just throw out, this is this was my least favorite song on, on the record. And... And I'm and I'm not sure why. It just I've never connected with this, and and maybe it's maybe it's too folky for 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 mm -hmm. me because I'm uh, you, know, go, you know going going back to what you said, Wayne, about you know the 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 Seeger sessions that he did. I didn't connect with that one at all, and I'm I, I guess I'm just not a folky guy. I like the country stuff, but I'm not a folky guy, and I think that wow. that's maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. how you can connect with what we shall overcome. That was unbelievable. But I will agree with you to some degree on this point, but I do know why. I put that this was my second to least favorite song on this record. And I remember listening to it and thinking this would make a great Johnny Cash song. And then I thought, I, yeah, that was called Highway Patrolman. And this seems, this has a lot of elements of Highway Patrolman, mm -hmm. but that is such an amazing song. I mean, even the Bruce version is incredible, but Johnny Cash completely owns yeah. that and takes that song. And, and it's, uh, it's a, I, I was, I probably, I listened to that song three or four times today, just because when I was writing my notes, I'm like, 
the reason I don't I can't I don't connect to this song very well is because I I know a better version of it. Um, and oh, I, I totally to I totally see what you're saying on that. It's definitely it's yeah. This is like that wheelhouse for him. To me, I don't know if I just really love just in my nerdy English major brain love the tattoo image and like all that is implied just by him walking around in the world with one hand that says fear and one hand that says love. I just, I don't know. There's something in that image that I think is really interesting and a little bit more like metaphorical uh, than some of Bruce's story songs. But yeah, this one, I don't know, just in the scheme of things, I ranked it a nine. So we're on, you know, maybe I, maybe I'm folkier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. 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 To, to your point, maybe this is the reason why I, I connect with your music is I'm also nerdy English major guy. So, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so we're right there. Um, all right, let's move on to next song. That's uh, walk like a man. As they step through that long black limousine For their mystery ride But an ideal step away from me And along at the altar I stand As I watch my bride coming down the aisle I pray for the strength to walk like My notes for Walk Like a Man was um, this is still kind of a storyline similar to the previous song. And I'm like, why do I like this song more than I like the previous song? And I think it I think it, that, that we're uncovering that it is this is more of a country song as opposed to a folky song, which is why I, mm-hmm. I think that I, I like this one a little more. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like this one, you know, kind of what I was saying with tougher than the rest, like that one line trying to walk like a man is so satisfying every time he says it. It hits differently every time and it ties up the verse in like a neat little bow. And um, yeah, I just it's totally country style writing, which I think when well executed in, in this particular kind of framework is so satisfying to me and I'm I'm a I, honestly I'm a total sucker for this type of song <laughs> just structure wise no I would I would totally agree with you from from that perspective because I think that there is a nice bow at the end of this package where you know he mm-hmm. keeps talking about walking like a man and then the last line is and I'll keep on walking yeah yeah and, and I and I think that 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 pretty much summarizes, I think, this record is totally. Yeah, I, I, I think that this is a good summation of, of everything. In fact, um, I'm kind of surprised that they decided to call this record after the next song that we're going to talk about, as opposed to this one. I would have I mm-hmm. probably would I probably would have called this record Walk Like a Man. But then, you know, I probably would have got scrutinized for, for that. <laughs> 
Um, I also think just like musically, that little, um, I guess, keyboard part that happens in between is just, I don't know, it's so emotional just on its own. I think this song has a real mood to it um, that's really serves everything going on. Yeah, do you kind of get that 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 wedding vibe? That that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe that I got from that that particular keyboard mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, it's yeah I think wedding that, is mentioned. Yeah. I think weddings are mentioned like four or five like times. The second line, yeah, because it's like yeah, the first scene is him, or the second scene is like him getting married and like basically being like, let me walk down the aisle like a man kind of thing. Yeah. The, the first verse is about his wedding and his dad uh, putting his hand on his shoulder at his wedding. And that was like yeah, yeah. deeply personal to me. Like I remember my dad putting his hand on my shoulder before I got married. One of the times I got married and, you know, wishing me good luck. And then, uh, and then the story, the second verse is a story that he actually told on that Bruce Springsteen in Broadway. His mom actually used to do that when she'd hear the church yeah. bells at the Catholic church, she'd make him and take him and his sister up to, being, you know, be like one of the people outside throwing rice and stuff. That throws the rice, yeah. You, you stole my notes, Wayne. I was totally gonna say that. <laughs> I was like, good this research, is, y'all. This, this is Bruce on Broadway right here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I usually steal your thunder, so I guess you can steal a little of mine every every so often. <laughs> every chance I get. Every chance. All right. Uh, let's get some scores on this. So, uh, Wayne. I gave it a six. I, I mean, it's it, it has a personal uh, place with me, and and it's like I like I say, I agree. It's a, a it's a, one of the better songs on this record. Yeah, agreed. Uh, give this a seven, and then Caroline. Like I said, I'm a sucker for this type of song. I got gave it a ten. Excellent, excellent. All right, let's move on. This is the uh, the, the the title track. This is Tunnel of Love. Getting into some of the singles off of the record. So this was the second single from the album. It's uh, reached number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Released as a single on October 17th in 87. And had also reached number one on the mainstream rock charts. That gave Springsteen two consecutive number ones. Because we'll talk about the first single in just a moment. So I got... I've got some questions on this particular song. The The lyric where he says, then the lights go out and it's just the three of us, you, me, and all that stuff we're so scared of. I'm assuming that's a reference to a child, right? But he didn't have any kids with Julianne Phillips. Is that accurate? Am I doing, am I, am I overanalyzing this again, Wayne? You know, yeah, <laughs> I, never, I never thought of that, but because I sort of believed him when he said, when he named what the third thing was, which is the stuff he's scared of, but yeah. I don't know. My There's mind so is a little bit blown by of. that. 
<laughs> yeah, there's so much stuff to be scared of. I hadn't even thought about the child aspect. Um, you know, I have I have four of those. Uh, Wayne, you have four of those, and they still they still scare me. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right, anything else on on Tunnel Love? Um, this is super. This is way too slick, and the opening sound. I know it was 1987, oh, but it sounds like I a know. Janet Jackson. I thought it was a Janet it's Jackson so, song. To me, this song is almost unlistenable. I'm going to be real. I, but I, what you were saying about the title of the record, I do feel like this is a good title for this record. Yeah. But the first line of that, the song is "Fat Man Sitting on a Little Stool." You know, it's just not. <laughs> not his greatest work and i think he might agree i don't know it's i this one i gave a one okay favorite song yeah yeah i gave it a three and i absolutely agree i was going to say the same thing of the i when you look at the analogy of a tunnel of love and you think about the situation you know the part where he was in his life i think he absolutely had to name this tunnel of love um, yeah. The record, anyway, and so, but yeah, that that in and of itself is about the only. I mean, the thing I mm-hmm. like about this song, because like I say, the begin that intro is is ridiculous, and then it's, it's just pretty so crazy. Super, like, but yeah. did did you feel like it was ridiculous in eighty seven, eighty eight when you were listening to this though? Because I remember loving this song back in the day and listening to it again. <laughs> You know, you know, thirty I, years later, I'm like, eh. Now, it, I didn't warm up to this album until the third single, which is one of my favorite, okay, uh, my favorite songs of all time. Hang on, we'll get there. Ooh. We'll get okay. there. All right. So, so Caroline, least favorite song, Wayne. Yes. Uh, three. And I gave it a four, so I think we're all kind of right there. And I mm-hmm. honestly, I couldn't give this my lowest score. I, I thought about it and I'm like, no, because I remember how much <laughs> I loved it back in the day. It's just. That's, it's I just, respect that. I respect yeah. that. Be true to it. Yeah. 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 All if right. you liked it once, you can't pretend you hate it now. <laughs> right. But now, but now it's just, it's, you know what, you know what gets me now? It's not even the the intro that is very 80s. It's Patty's background vocals on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'll move on because I don't want to say anything bad about <laughs> Patty. We love Patty. Let's, we, we do. Also I do. We love Patty. I know it. Yes. I, I absolutely do. And, oh, I forgot to mention. Um, so I posted on our Facebook page, Wayne, the video for Tougher Than the Rest. I hadn't ever seen it. And keep in mind that this was very early in the whole Bruce Patty mm-hmm, um, relationship. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that video, Caroline? Yes, I actually. When my boyfriend is a huge Bruce fan too, and that was something we discovered we had in common. And I was telling him this is my favorite album, and I somehow had. He's like, "Have you seen that video?" And I was like, "No, it is. It's troublesome." If Patty wasn't the only woman is in his life, we'll just say that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But isn't that like the goal? Isn't that the yeah. goal to, to have <laughs> to have your loved one look at you with that kind of burning emotion? Yeah. It's pretty uh, precious. Yeah. And so, when I saw him, I I did get to see Springsteen on Broadway and she came out and they sang that song together and it was pretty darn cute. I hate you so much. <laughs> Don't worry. I couldn't. <laughs> we just barely ate groceries for a month. It was fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> worth yeah. it. Worth it. Yeah, I, 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 for work, I travel to New York way too much. And one of the times that I was up there, I was like, oh, I'm going to go check out Bruce on Broadway. I wonder how much tickets were. Um, yeah, let's just say I did not, I did not partake because uh, the cheapest seat that I found for the time that I was in there was like, I want to say $1,800. Oh Yikes. my God. I definitely didn't pay that, but that's crazy. That's yeah. Insane. Yeah. It was yeah. not. Just go watch it on Netflix now. <laughs> I, I, and I have twice. So we're it's good. It's very nice. Yeah. yeah I thought great. it translated really well. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good stuff. All right. Um, I totally derailed us uh, from this tunnel of love. All right. Going on to <laughs> here's two faces. Faces Sometimes, mister, I feel sunny and wild Oh, Lord, I love to see my baby smile And dark clouds come rolling by Two faces of One laughs, one cries One says hello, one says goodbye One to And I obviously like Two Faces more than you did based off of my score. So um, who who wants to tell me why Two Faces isn't one of our more favorite songs? Because I, no. I've, I, <laughs> I've, uh, I've always done... I like dug... the concept. I mean, I like the, yeah. the, the what, he, what he's saying, you know, that not being, some, you know, being trying to be somebody you're not, or it, or even like after I read yours, it could be, you know, I, I get what you're saying. It's I felt like depression almost even, you know, just not feeling like who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know? And but it it all of a sudden the that un- unnecessary synthesizer thing jumps out towards <laughs> the end. And I and you know the first thing I thought of is this would have been a great place for the big man to blow his sax. Like that whole oh, thing yeah. should have been taken out and replaced with a saxophone solo. And it could have saved the whole thing, could have propelled it farther up my chain. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, it, it has this nice, sim- simple acoustic guitar with a little bit of percussion. Then the bass comes in and then out of nowhere, missing persons start playing their synthesizers. <laughs> yeah. I do love the way it starts. I think that guitar sounds great. And I'm like totally on board until that. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. And I mean, this was on in the re- process of ranking things. This is sort of the point where I was like, I had to give it the score that I did because I was sort of already figured out my top tier. And I don't really have any strong opinions one way or the other. I do like, I do feel like this one is one of the more personal ones for him. And I think, I don't know if y'all read his book and, you know, he's talked about his kind of mood swings and depression and stuff. And this is interesting to kind of go back and listen to knowing that and knowing that, you know, this is something he, I feel like my read of it is that he's like kind of explicitly writing about that on this song. Yeah. I wrote, it's another in a long line of songs about deception and not being your true self, but you know what gets me? So, so why you hate it, Wayne 
is one of the reasons why I like this song. I do like that synthesizer at the end of, you know, and I don't care if it is very 80s dated. Um, you know how I am with my 80s synth. I'm I'm cool with it. <laughs> so I'm just saying, clo- it, close your eyes and imagine a saxophone. It really would. I could have I mean, honestly, really changed that's it. So, that's so great. I, I love, I'm going to imagine that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to listen to it again later with with that uh, that in mind. I just let me just wrap the wrap this up. So I just love the fact that he decided to use two faces. Have I? Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. There is something about that line. It works so much better than saying I have two faces or something to that mm-hmm. effect. It's like I something as simple as just kind of changing up the words of a line um, is just. Anyways, that's that's my English yeah. major nerding out. No, right and there. I like that. And I, just to take it one step further in the English nerd department, I love that it's sort of like a riddle in itself. Like it's it's a phrase flipped over, so you kind of have to look at it from both sides. Like the two faces are like that phrase. Like it's it's backwards, and you're not sure what it is. And even that phrase is kind of doing the work yeah. around the message. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I love this song. Um, so I give this an eight. Uh, how about your guys' scores, Wayne? I give it a four. Okay. And Caroline? A five. Five. Okay. All right. Let's move on. So this is a brilliant disguise. I heard somebody call your name from underneath This was released as the first single from his album, reached number five on the Hot 100, number one on the mainstream rock. Um, This is kind of interesting. This was released as a single on October 3rd of 87, just two weeks before Tunnel of Love was was released as the second single. So I thought that was interesting timing Mm. on that. Um, And of course, he did play this song on the Broadway show talking about how he didn't really want to see his true self. Um, And this is the only song from this record that I've seen live. He did play this a few years ago when he did uh, The River in its entirety. And Mm -hmm. I will say that the Broadway version with Patty on it, it's not their best version. Um, They're a little out of harmony, I felt, uh, on this one. But um, it's still a great song. It is a great song and it's such a it's such a hit really. <laughs> it just sounds like classic classic great 80s Bruce and I love it and you know it got the score it did just because I have so many favorite songs on this record but I really I love this song and I, I almost feel like this is sort of I like that Two Faces comes before this one. I feel like they're kind of 
it's about the same sort of thing. And, and this I, kind I, of, I said the same thing because yeah. it's almost like in the first yeah. one, he's he's trying to be somebody he's not. And now this one, he's like, he's not sure who she is and who she says she is, if she's who she says she is. Well, do you think that the next song is is song three of the trilogy? Because I feel like that's that's part of that deception mm. and, and not being your true self as well. I don't maybe I don't. Yeah, the sequencing on this album is really interesting. And I had one friend, uh, my friend Robbie Heck, who I actually make quite a bit of music with. We got into this album um, on tour together. And Robbie sort of was like, I always thought of this album as traveling down a tunnel of love. And he says he all kind of thinks about it as being chronological, like the process of a relationship. So if we're thinking about the way these songs speak to each other, I feel like you know, two faces in brilliant disguise. There's some tension there that he's trying to work through. And then the next song is kind of what happens once you kind of work through it. Yeah. And Robbie is the reason why I discovered you because I heard, really? <laughs> I heard, I heard parallel lines and I'm like, who is that? So, oh, cool. um, yeah. so, so, so there you go. Um, and there was one time, sorry, one quick story on tour when we were in a, we were driving to Texas. So we had a lot of time to kill and I hadn't, I like just highway patrolman when she talked about, I hadn't like, I'd heard Nebraska, but that one just wasn't on, you know, the front of my mind and we couldn't get the Spotify or whatever to play. So Robbie was like, I can get Google. I can Google the lyrics. Let me tell you why it's so good. And so Robbie just recited as a poem, highway patrolman to me. That was like the first time I ever really listened to it was Robbie reciting the lyrics on the road in Texas. And I was like, wow, that is really good. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on Brilliant Disguise? Wayne, you, uh, I know you uh, indicated that this is one of your favorite yeah, Bruce songs. It, you know what? There's, it's, it is, like she said, a hit. It's one of the more classic big, big songs from Bruce. And, uh, but it, it just still works. And the way he, I mean, that line where he says, now look at me, baby, struggling to do everything right. The way he says it, it just is so mm. full of desperation that mm -hmm. just he can move people with his words and his voice. And even when he doesn't, he doesn't really go over the top much. But when he does, he he really he does it in just the right spot where, it, I mean, it totally. gives you goosebumps and stuff. And so this is one of those songs that when, you know, I listen to it, I, I, I get goosebumps sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the perfect balance of like, a, being a pop song and a personal song for Bruce. I feel like it's the perfect balance of both those things. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've done some over analysis on this particular song. So <laughs> dating, dating back to pre cell phone days. So I love the, the lyric where it's don't look too close into the palm of my hand. Well, I know that the next line is talking about the gypsy and going in, you know, doing the palm reading, but I always kind of figured that it was like, there's a phone number written in, on his hand oh. somewhere. And so don't, don't look at what I've got here because, you know, there, there's a little brilliant disguise of me. Uh, oh man. I need to like look up that lyric right now. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I kind of felt like the, the a little bit of this side piece action going on here, but you know. Dang, can't get anything by you. No. Gonna, I, yeah, got 
explore the subtext of my music before <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I, I put could it out. Be, Nothing stays. I, I could be completely wrong, and I probably am. Which he usually is, yeah. No. I was say. <laughs> yeah. It's a great right. story. Makes There's for a great story. Makes yeah, for a good story, definitely, though. <laughs> yeah, potential for a double meaning on that line for sure, whether he meant it or not. Yeah. All right, let's get some scores on Brilliant Disguise. So, Caroline? I gave it an 8. And then Wayne? An 11. And I give it a 10. So I think we're, uh, awesome. we're right in there. All right, next song is One Step Up. Bird on a wire outside my motel room But he ain't singing Girl in white outside a church engine But the church bells ain't ringing Sitting here in this bar tonight But all I'm thinking is I'm the same old story, same old One step up and two steps up. And since I know everybody's scores, Wayne? The, this song is kick this off. deeply personal. Like, I literally, it's almost as if Bruce Springsteen was following me around during like 1993, even though he wrote the song before that. Uh, yeah, I even had, and one of my favorite vehicles I've ever owned was this old white Ford pickup truck. And you know what? <laughs> it certainly did not start every time I needed it to. Um, I, you know, that whole, vi you know, the visuals of waking up in a in this dark, cold house, just, I mean, not because the furnace didn't work, just because I'm mostly cheap and I don't want to pay for the electricity to run it, but still, it was cold. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just, and that those feelings of, no matter what I do, I just can't get ahead. Like no matter, and whether it's in relationships or professionally, that that he just captures that soul crushing feeling of I, I'm busting my ass and and every time mm -hmm. I get one rung up, I fall two rungs back and I'm I'm worse. And, but you, but that still that sense of he's, you just keep going. You just keep, you get one up and you fall two back and you get it, you know, you gotta keep, keep going but it's it's a deeply personal song and and he really and that's one of the, I think the genius about of Bruce Springsteen is he doesn't know me but he told this story that I mm -hmm. I can put myself into and see myself going through this you know the the imaginary of these lyrics as they play out yeah absolutely I mean I think this is I one of my favorite of his songs too and I mean it re just reading the lyrics it reads like a little poem too like it's just all the images are so clear like you see the Ford you see the bird on the wire outside his motel room and even just like you know the fact that he's sitting there noticing that kind of stuff because he just needs to do something with his mind and why is he in the motel room like there's so much that happens in the lines that he chooses to write you know like he doesn't have to say everything because the line bird on a wire outside my motel room but he ain't singing says like that's the entire mood of the song you know i just i love i love this song and you know again this is totally that type of song that i'm a sucker for where every single time he says one step up and two steps back it just it's a dagger in the heart and i i love a dagger in the heart if you didn't get that from my record so <laughs> i love this song <laughs> Yeah, and going back to your your comment about uh, you know 
he ain't he ain't singing. So, um, and I haven't been able to completely um, validate this, but I think that this song was talking about the uh, the the concert in Tacoma back during the Born in the USA tour that he canceled because of Wayne. You'll appreciate this because of the Tacoma aroma. So, so Caroline, Wayne and I both grew up in Tacoma, Washington, and Bruce, who is notorious for never canceling a show, um, actually yeah. can canceled a show because he got sick while staying in Tacoma for, for two shows there at the Tacoma Dome back in, what was that, 85, I guess it was. And um, so I haven't been able to completely validate that, but uh, a a big Bruce fan told me that he thought that that particular line was dating back to that particular time frame of he ain't he ain't playing because well you know he's sick therefore everybody's talking mm. about Bruce phoning it in and he's you know guess he's guess he's sick and not going to not going to play interesting so, interesting so I want somebody I want somebody from the inside to validate whether whether or not that line <laughs> just is. Just go on the forums. Just get on Backstreet. Somebody knows. Right, because the, the internet <laughs> never lies, right? No, not Bruce fans, never. <laughs> so I do I do have a question on the lyrics, and hopefully you guys can 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 uh, uh, answer this and settle this. So the line about. There's a girl across the bar. I get the message she's sending. Oh, yeah. She ain't looking to. So I saw on two different lyric um, websites. One said she ain't looking to marry. And the other one said mm -hmm. she ain't nope. looking to married. Yeah, it's definitely. I don't know what the liner notes are, but it's totally. It has to be T-O-O. -O. She ain't looking to married. Like. She's not okay. looking very married. She's not acting like she's married. Gotcha. That's what I, okay. Because I get the message she's sending. She's not looking very married, and me, I'm pretending like I'm not married. That's what, okay. to me, the line after it tells you what there, it means. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I you. think I, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, all right. So that I needed that settled. So thank you. All right, let's let's get some scores on this. So um, I gave this an eleven. I gave it an I eleven as well. Oh, yeah, I okay. gave it I gave it a twelve. This is my this is one of oh, my wow, one of my guys. favorite Bruce songs and one of my favorite songs of all time. There we go. Is this the closest we've come to agreeing so far? That's pretty I, darn close. It's it's, it's right it up is there. it is yeah. I think that that's awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. I'm glad that we bonded over the saddest song on this record. <laughs> <laughs> Sad songs uh, say so much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they sure do. Yep. All right. Here's the second to the last song. This is When You're Alone. We'll make sure you get along, but you're going to find out someday, honey, when you're alone. I love that he, he says it in this very soft, kind of sweet way, but the lyrics are very snide, like, 
it's almost like, hey, Julianne, it's over. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, uh, and it's, I think it's also ironic that Patty Skyafla is most notable, <laughs> I mean, is most prominent on this song. You can hear, you really, her yeah. vocal, her vocal, her background vocals are really prominent on this song. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's mm. prominent. I think it's prominent on the last song as well, though, towards the end of yeah. the song. Um, I, f I feel super petty saying this and why this song doesn't completely work for me. Um, I just don't like the way that he says some of some of the lyrics, like when he's saying missing honey. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know. It just feels it feels like an exaggerated demo to me at times. Um, you know, I'm going to give him props for trying something different, but it just it didn't work for me the way that he kind of enunciates some of the words on, on this. He does say like sugar and honey and baby a lot where he could have just said it, just said yeah. the regular line. Yeah. I don't know why, like I, this is a song where it kind of fell in the middle of the pack, kind of like two faces where I'm like, I don't really have anything super strong again or for, I just kind of got stuck where I ranked this one, but I don't know. There's just something about, and again, I think this is songwriter brain of finding the phrase that kind of says everything to me. And uh, I feel like the when you're alone, you're alone, you know, there's a moment where he's saying that to the person because he's like, well, you want to leave me, but that means you're alone. Or have you thought this through? And then there's a moment when he's like, I thought I'd, you know, leave and, you know, leave this town kind of thing. But, you know, when you're alone, you're alone. When you leave, you're really gone kind of thing. So. I'm, I like it just from the songwriter nerdy part of my brain, but yeah, it's not the most perfectly crafted of the record. Wayne, any comments before we get scores? Uh, nope, I've said my piece. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're so All reasonable, right. Wayne. <laughs> All right. All right, so this is this is my second least favorite song, so this is a two. Wayne, your score? This is middle of the pack. Like I said, I, I I gave it a five. All right. And then Caroline? Six. Okay. So uh, we're now on the last song of the record. This is Valentine's Day. A friend of mine came father last night When we spoke in his voice I could hear the light The skies and the rivers Wolf in the pines And that gray jukebox Out on Route 39 They say he travels fastest Who travels alone Tonight I miss my girl Mister Tonight I miss my home And again, since I know everybody scores So Wayne, tell me why You're not feeling this song uh, you know, it, it loses me early on because it almost it it almost feels like the vocals are in four four and the music's in three in three four. It just doesn't seem to sync up. It kind of meshes together later on, but it it it, it awkwardly goes together in the beginning. But I, I I did write that I think this is a great way to end the album to kind of fade out of this whole like come out of the tunnel. But it mm -hmm. ultimately felt it felt a tad uninspired. Okay. And then how about how about you, Carolyn? What any uh, comments on this song before I uh, say my piece? 
say I didn't expect to rank this the way I did because I went back and, you know, listened to the record and I kind of like, I had to listen to this one again because I was like, I don't super really remember it, but I think just what I love about this one or what I like, I'll say like, maybe it's not love. What I like about this one is just how kind of quirky it is for him. Like there's not, I think kind of what you're saying you don't like about it, Wayne, like I kind of like that it's a little bit driftier in melody and it doesn't really feel, I don't know, it just, it's a little bit looser. And I think that there's some really kind of poetic lines in here. And, and I just kind of like the mood of the song. Okay, fair enough. I kind of viewed this as a sequel to Drove All Night. Totally. I, yeah, absolutely. It feels the same. Like, it feels like it was written in the same style. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably why yeah. I really dig this song because I really love that song um, yeah. and 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 here's where I get overly personal so I'm I'm always going to for I'll, I'll always equate this song with my friend Wayne so I remember listening to this song shortly after you had told me about having your second child and that line about um, hearing the light that Bruce references in this song that's totally a real thing. Like I've had plenty of my friends who have had kids and I think that I've, I've done this as well when I'm announcing to people, Hey, I just had another kid that there's this, there's this light that, that, that shines through just in that announcement. Yeah. So, yeah. The line, yeah. A friend of mine became a father last night when we spoke in his voice, I could hear the light. That's gorgeous. Yeah. But hear the light of the skies and the rivers, the timber wolf and the pines. Like, it's just like the whole world was in that moment. So, yeah, and like they, that to me is like, that's beautiful. That's not how he usually writes. So it's really satisfying. And that, and that great jukebox out on Route 39. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, how did I leave that out? That's amazing. <laughs> like, that's that. those four lines are gorgeous to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely agree with that. So, unfortunately, Wayne, I do know the rest of that story. <laughs> and I feel, and I, and I feel like the rest of the album seems to be also poignant in the vicious cycle of relationships. Um, but I'm still hopeful that you know there are some happy endings when it comes to relationships. Um, you know, I'm celebrating 22 years of marriage this year, and I'm still in love with my Valentine. So. Um, there, 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 there are there are there are some good there are some good stories and i'm and and to my wife if she does listen to this i do say <laughs> nice things about you in the podcast contrary to what you think so. oh yeah that was very nice that was really nice you called her your, your valentine that was I good did. <laughs> i did so i i do have a question as we wrap this up so so Again, I'm going to overanalyze this. So looking at <laughs> looking at the last two lines, though, where he says, so hold me close, honey, say you're forever mine. And I and I kind of feel like the last line, is it is it hopeful or is it not hopeful? Because he says, and tell me you'll be my lonely Valentine. Like, mm. I, I almost kind of feel as though if you would have just said, be my Valentine, that's, oh, that's sweet. But when you throw in the word lonely Valentine, it's like, oh, um, what well, does that, okay. what does that mean? 
here's how I feel about that. This entire okay. record is this entire record is about. I mean, this might be you know generalizing, but it's about love and it's about relationships, but it's also sort of about the end of a relationship. But Bruce himself is like compelled to write write from this place, and like I feel like he almost in saying that is saying that he's a lonely Valentine too. So he's kind of, I'm, I sort of read it maybe as like, I can't just handle a Valentine. Maybe I need a lonely Valentine. Cause look at me, you know, I have two faces, that kind of thing. So I feel like it's maybe just like differentiating the type of love that he might realize he needs sort of thing. I can I live know. with that. I can live with that. Wayne. Maybe. Any, anything to add on that? that? Yeah. Like I say, I really, I think from the where it started, I, I, when she was talking about her friend and how he put it in chronological order, I haven't been able to think about anything else since then. And I absolutely. It kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> you, I kept it inside, but you blew my mind too. And yeah. as I went through, I went back and I'm looking through the song titles and my notes. And I mean, I absolutely can see that. And I did, even in my notes prior to hearing that I had wrote, I think this is the perfect, even though I don't particularly connect to this song or um, it is, I think it was the perfect way to end this record. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can't imagine it being helpful in any other position, but here it just sort of, yeah, it's just letting, letting go and letting loose of everything. Yeah. It works for me. Um, I gave this a nine. This was one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, Wayne. You're, you're... <laughs> I did not give it a nine. I gave it a one. I know I you, poo -poo you poo pooed all over this one. <laughs> and then I gave Carolyn, it seven. All right. So, all right. Well, we're done. We're done with the record. <laughs> did we? Did we? Did we cover it? Did we miss anything? Yeah, did we? I, I, well. I don't think we missed anything. That was pretty. That was pretty thorough. Yeah. We dotted our eyes and crossed our t's. Yes, we did. All right. <laughs> What do you guys think was our top score? One Obviously, step up. it was one step up. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. Awesome. Uh, one step up, got an average score of 11.33. Second score, what do you Tougher think that was? Or Brilliant Disguise. I feel like those are definitely in the top. Uh, tougher than the rest because you and I both uh, agreed that was our favorite mm. song. So that's, yep. that's Wayne's fault. So... Um, so, that, so that gets a 10.33 10, 10, 10 for that. Third, third is Brilliant Disguise, 9.66. Um, and let's see, we've got, we've got um, our fourth song was Walk Like a Man. And that was pretty much Caroline's uh, uh, doing because uh, you, Wayne, you and I gave it a seven and a six. And then um, Sorry. and then uh, <laughs> our our fifth fifth song was all that heaven will allow, and that's because uh, Wayne Wayne heavily promoted that one with uh, his score of ten. So I think I think I'm good with that top five. Yeah, I think it's good. And I mean, even when we were kind of at odds about things, I was always like, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I see yeah. why you someone would love all that heaven will allow a lot i can see it you know <laughs> well let's wrap this up so it's been a pleasure revisiting with both of you caroline 
best of success for the new record. Um, and I'm just going to throw the Records Revisited plug on there as well. It's really good. Please go out and, and check that out. Um, and like I said, um, see if you can uh, squeeze some some Florida dates in the in there at some point. Oh, Got to get up to the Northwest. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely. I'll probably come to the Northwest. Florida. Well, yeah. Let's when it gets lonesome here in January, I'll give you a call. We'll figure it out. There we um, go. Lonesome. And, yeah. But guys, this has been so fun. I'm such a nerd about songwriting and music, and this is really fun in the midst of all the the crazy press that you have to do with the album release to just talk about what I love, which is music. So this has been really fun. It's Great. an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Favorite guest. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I really, I can't get over that. We all agreed on the status song of this record that really, that made this all worth it, that we all could agree that one step up is the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, re remind everyone how they can find out about your tour dates, how to purchase your new record, etc. Well, my website is carolinespentmusic.com and I'm on Instagram and Twitter at carolinespence with an underscore after that. And uh, yeah, come see me on the road. Excellent. Okay. So one last question that we ask everyone, who do you know that I don't know who would want to join us on a podcast? to revisit one of their favorite records. Obviously and, you want me to and, say Lily Hyatt. I, I was just gonna say, I'll, <laughs> I'll whisper in your ear, Lily Hyatt. So. Honestly, right. you, sh you should have Lily on here. She would be, she would probably love this. Um, another person I think you would really like is my friend Ryan Colwell. He's from Amarillo, Texas. He lives here in Nashville and, and uh, yeah, I think you guys might like what he's got going on. But yeah, Lily would like this. I saw you already talked about Pearl Jam with Bronson Arroyo. I did. Uh, so you might have to get her to pick a different record, but you know, yeah. Also, my boyfriend is a giant Reds fan. When I was, I was like, I'm going on a podcast to talk about Bruce, and there was a former Red on this podcast. I won major points in my life. So thank you very much. <laughs> You know, nice. and, and, and I even I even texted Bronson um, earlier this week and I said, because as soon as I told your manager, I'm like, hey, we just had Bronson on. And like he responded like within a couple hours. Um, and, and I'm like, <laughs> so I texted Bronson. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that they said yes because of you. So I mean, honestly, between the Guided by Voices and the Cincinnati Reds, connections i was like i feel like this is a scene that i need to hang out and it's good it's really fun <laughs> well, we we totally yeah. appreciated it this was this was a lot of fun yeah. so so we'll we'll, awesome. we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll chat some more about uh about your connections we we would love to have <laughs> we would love to have those those individuals on so cool all right let's wrap awesome. this up um just remember you can find us on instagram with the records revisited podcast hashtag uh, the, go to the Facebook page as well. Also review us on iTunes and that's it. Let's go to the ending. Here we go. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts, go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store and not just on record store day. We are records revisited and we are out. 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 <laughs> All right. I remembered. You did. <laughs> Got A it. little bit, yeah.
there we go.